fact or myth. In the big game, the coin toss usually comes up heads. That is a myth. In fact, tails has come up more often in recent years. Football is full of myths. Like the pigskin isn't actually made of pigskin. Gambling is a share of myths too. Unfortunately, believing gambling myths can cost you a lot of money. So learn what's myth and what's fact at keepitfunohio.com. You'll also find helpful tips, interesting quizzes, and great games all to help ensure gambling is always fun. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Section 336, Next Generation Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearly centering host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. Hey, Matt. How you doing? Good, good, good. Josh, what were your thoughts yesterday when it was 4th and 19 with about 30 seconds left? You're on the 20-yard line. You have no timeouts. What, what was going through your head? Did you turn the game off? Did you say this is Lamar Jackson? I... Anything can happen? I was, um, where was I? I was, I was resigned that it was a tough loss. I was resigned on the loss being on Brown. And then when the ball, when once I saw that Jackson had time and kind of made some time, extended the play, I got over to the edge of my seat. And then when that ball went up in the air, I stood up. And then when Watkins caught it, I think I was doing the same thing you were doing, yelling at him to get out of bounds. Because I was sure we were going to blow it on a penalty and end the game there. Now, thankfully, the refs didn't call that delay of game penalty. And, I mean, I just was excited that we had a chance for uh, Tucker to attempt a field goal. I had no thought of him making it. I thought it was just going to be fun, and he was going to miss it. I was resigned. We lost the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that 4th that and 19 was insane, and then the kick was even even more insane. I remember watching, you know, the NFL Red Zone and seeing and, – and what was so, it? So does that mean you already turned the game off? You went over to the Red Zone? No, this is early, like during halftime or something. Oh, okay. I, oh my phone. I just had the resin on my phone. Um, and, I, and I, I saw, um, I don't know, it was a Jaguars guy. It was, no, the guy for the Cardinals kick it. Yes. Um, they go for like a 67-yarder. Yeah. And the guy ended up catching and returning it back for a touchdown. Yes. Um, so, yeah. so, so, so I was thinking about that. But then I was, uh, I mean, the, when Sammy Watkins got out of bounds, I really wasn't thinking about that. I didn't know what to do. Like, I, at that point, 
I wasn't even thinking get out of bounds because I still was thinking get in field goal range. Well, they're, they're, this game's over. <laughs> like I still was yeah. like, whatever. Okay, good. You got the first down. But yeah, like th- that's a tough one because do you want to get as many yards as possible or do you want to get out of bounds? And if he would have ran out of bounds and ran back a yard or two, like that field goal would have been no good. But if he ran out of bounds, you probably got another playoff. So you Maybe. Got 10 yards. Yeah, but there's no guarantee to get yards there either. There's no guarantee of anything. Yeah. Um, but, and then the field goal itself, I thought, well, the second it, he kicks it, I believe it's Justin Tucker, puts his arms up or something, and then it, it looks straight. So you know it's straight enough. Yeah. So the only question is, is it going to be long enough? Which was weird because the earlier field goals, he missed one, and they all kind of hugged the line. Yeah. So to see that one, yeah, that was my first reaction was it's dead center. Yeah, sometimes I feel like field goal kicking is too easy for Justin Tucker, you know. So he needs to challenge himself every now and then right. with like these sixty yarders. Um and yeah, and then once it once it doinked, I thought, Oh, he missed it, but right. what a heck of an effort. And then and then it it, it and then I saw the ref put his arms up and I was like, Oh yeah. my gosh, it actually went through. Even when I thought it went through I yeah did the same thing. Look to the refs because I'm like, did that go through? I think it went through. Yeah, I didn't think it did go through. I thought it bounced the other way, but um, but yeah. And so now today, the whole narrative changes right from from Marquise Brown um, can't catch to to what an incredible but, win and but it's and, Monday. Yeah. Immediately tomorrow, the questions about Marquise Brown come up again. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Marquise Brown is a in house. They'll be dealing yeah. with that. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean he's not going away. It's not like, it's not like we uh, he, we got a bunch of receivers lining up to take his spot, right? So he's our guy. Um, uh, we got a guy on the IR or IL or whatever the football calls it. IR. They're still yeah. IR. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean Marquise Brown has had two great games to start the season, right. and still like. Marcus Brown has a unique ability. He's a number one guy, and he's still getting consistently open. But, um, and he'll catch the ball in the future, so but, I'm not worried about Marcus Brown. But here's Brown. the problem with Marquise Brown. There's no problem with Marquise Brown. No, here's ahead. the problem with Marquise Brown. There's no problem. The problem is he's our number one. It's, yeah. like, it's like John Means with the, Oriole, with the Orioles. He's our ace. Yeah. Is he an ace on another team? No. I think maybe he's some teams. Ace. Yeah. A, 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 a star number one receiver? Makes big catches. Yeah. Not drops big, not doesn't drop three touchdowns in a game. Yeah. I um, mean, it was, it was a bad game. A big, there was, was a, a lot of players who had bad, bad games. I know it was a bad game for him, but games like that are why we haven't seen the consistency out of Brown to put him, his name up there with the, with the big receivers. Yeah. I mean, he so, is, he's certainly, he's, he had, he's had consistency issues. Um, and this is his third season, season, right? Yes. So two and a half. Oh, yeah. Last year was weird, but yeah, this third season. Yeah. But this is where you need to see him take that step. Yeah. And, and the first Bateman, two games he did. And if Bateman comes up and Bateman has that rhythm with, with uh, Lamar, you're going to see that affect the amount of balls that Brown gets. Hey, maybe I'm just, I'm excited about that. Bateman Brown. Oh uh, yeah. Me too. Comp, and, I think it's, Two exciting receivers, and I thought it was exciting to. Uh, I know, just my mind just blanked. But uh, the tight end that he finally started getting into. Yeah, Mark Andrews. Andrews. I was excited yeah. that Andrews got into the rhythm of this game, where he's been quiet the first couple of games. Yep. Yep. Now part of that is we never we didn't run the ball. 
Yeah. 12, 12 running back handoffs for the whole game. Yeah. I mean, and part of that too was it's, that's an interesting decision, right? Cause I thought the opposite would happen against such a bad team, yes. but the secondary for lions is beat up and is bad. And we were getting our receivers open all day. Like if receivers catch the ball, yeah. One receiver catches the ball. It's a blowout. So and Lamar Jackson, you understand it for all the talk about Lamar Jackson's arm and Lamar Jackson isn't a passer. Lamar Jackson looked good yesterday. Yeah. His stats should have been a lot better if it yeah. were except for Brown. Yeah. Almost all of his deep balls were right on point. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had he, one that was a little long. Yeah. And you never know on those long balls what happens to the wide receiver. Was that the one down. you're talking about the one of Mark Andrews at yeah. the end zone? Yes. And that was the play was breaking down a little bit. And I exactly. think there's a little so, bump yeah. a little bump in. That bump in will cause you a step. But yeah, no. Really good, really impressive on the run, throwing the ball. Yeah, like he looks good as about, a passer. We talked about how last week that little jump throw looked like a Mahomes move that he did. Yeah, similar stuff here where you're seeing him on the pass on the run, getting out of the pocket when the pocket collapses, avoiding guys missing, causing guys to miss tackles, and still looking downfield and passing the ball. That was impressive. And it's again, it's it's always exciting to have Lamar Jackson on your football team. Oh yeah, you're never out of the game, and the game's always exciting. There was my favorite tweet was um, someone tweeted, you know, a video of Lamar Jackson throwing that kind of awful interception at the end of the game, and the comment was like, "You don't see Mahomes make throws like that." And then the first comment was Mahomes throwing an almost identical interception. Yeah. In the Chargers game that same day. <laughs> like right. the, these quarterbacks aren't perfect. Right. And you get that. Uh, and because, Lamar Jackson is playing really well this year. Right. Yeah. And you get that because when everything's going your way, you get a little excited and think, oh, I can squeeze it into this hole. Yeah. Yeah. Mahomes does that. Mahomes had I believe had multiple interceptions yesterday. He does it. Yeah, he had, he had at least one. Yeah. Yeah. He's having a uh he's not having the best year so far. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a long season, and long season. quarterbacks, yeah, are going to make mistakes. But, but yeah, you have to be happy with what you've seen from Lamar Jackson so far this year. You have to be. Yeah, and I, I mean, and it'll be interesting to see the Broncos this this coming weekend. Uh, we go to Denver, which is always tough to travel. We saw the traveling to Las Vegas, and we didn't really have our rhythm. Hopefully, traveling to Denver, we do. And it'll be fun to go back to memories of the Mile High Miracle. Yep. I mean, on if you just look at, I mean, I don't know. We don't have to do a whole preview, but I, I mean, I just look on paper about what's happened the first three weeks of the season. And I know Denver hasn't played great opponents, but. But they've I mean, won. Who cares? But they've won in dominant fashion, unlike us. Right. And, and I think, I mean, this game has me nervous. I think they, that they could, they could take it to us. I, I, we'll I agree. I agree. I think. I think uh, I would have liked to see us play the Lions better. Now, the, again, it comes down to one guy. If Brown caught those three passes, it's the game sure. to go out. Sure. So that's tough. But I do like to see that the team – I like to see that this team – there's no division. This team is one. This team is all about themselves. It's They're going to battle together. I think of the – I think of the Cobb Bowler years, the Joe Flacco year, even – Joe Flacco years, they came together somewhat, but even Joe Flacco had this division of offense versus defense and all the defense has to bail out the offense or the offense has to bail out the defense. And you don't get that right now with uh, the Lamar Jackson Ravens. They are all from special teams on. They are all on the same page and all cheering each other on. 
and it's exciting. Yeah, and then you see, I've said it before, but the Ravens on Twitter, they're better than everybody, and they're just, they're so good and so supportive, and they all came out, obviously, the Ravens after Sunday's game, talk, Ravens players, Yes, um, talking about Justin Tucker, even there was a tweet by uh, Tony Lombardi, who was like, no one's happier uh, for Justin Tucker than Marquise Brown, to which Marquise Brown quote tweeted kind of and said, for real, I love JTT. He's the GOAT. Mistake's going to happen. Yep. Um, and that sounds different, right? Because you know, it's a, you know Lombardi's not going to say anything except for something negative. Right, and that was... That's his favorite thing to do on the internet is to be negative. So to see Brown spin it and come out like that is fun. It's great. Right. Right, and it's interesting, too, because it's Brown, who kind of his first year, I guess it was his first year, got in a little bit of hot water because he was, I think, complaining about his number of yes. looks he was getting, the number of balls thrown his way, where he doesn't <laughs> well, seem to be that kind of guy this year. Um, well, what, yeah, about being something about being soldiers. What's the, what's the point of having soldiers on your team if you're not? Yeah, you don't use, use them. them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but but well, now everyone seems to be on the same page. And, yeah. uh, and so yeah, I agree. This team has a really good feel well, to it. But I don't know if the injuries are going to be too much to overcome. I think time will tell. And that, and part of it is the I feel like the injuries have brought this team together. The injuries, the four the four COVID uh, guys this past week, it all brings this team together. Where it's like, yeah, we lost four starters on our defense. So yes, our defense is going to not be so good. But the team came together and, and found a way. Yeah. In addition, in addition to yeah the, the other injuries. Yes. Yeah. The fact that our running backs, we only ran, gave it to them twelve times because it looks like they just picked up a bunch of guys off the street because that's what they did. Yeah. All right. Is that that's the most Ravens talk we've done this year? Yep. 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 Oh, we'll uh, have some more of that in the quarters off season, but we have one. Uh, one last week of Orioles baseball here to to enjoy or to endure, whatever word you want to use here. To observe. Yeah. Yeah. To, so, to watch, you know. Final three home games one, against Boston. One train wreck. You going to any of these games Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday against Boston? No, I have no plans to. All right. And then, I've, seen, then, I've seen enough games in person. All right. Then they finish the series out in Toronto or finish the season with the series in Toronto. So six games right now. The Orioles are fifty and one hundred and six. So, yeah, I kind of, I kind of scratch in twenty twenty because twenty twenty they went twenty five and thirty five. It's hard to judge the team off sixty games. Right. But do you think that this team is better this year than twenty nineteen? Um. Yes, I do. All right. The twenty nineteen won 54 games. So we need to win four out of the next six to tie the 2019 team. Hmm. Is this team better than the 2018 team? Uh, yes, absolutely. Well, that was, yeah, that was the total kind of collapse. So that's yes. when I would say the rebuild started. Yeah. I mean, that, that team had more talented players, but 2018 was for the, the first half. Year. Yeah. So for the first half, we were super talented yes. players. Yeah. Do you know how but, many wins we got in 2018? Oh, where we were like, what, like 54? 47. Oh, 47. Is that 47. Oh, okay. so we yeah. are better than 2018. We have a chance of being better than 2019. I found 2017 interesting. Do you know what our record was in 2017? 
No, what was it? 75 and 87. Yeah. Do you know what place that put us in the AL East? Um, I would say maybe ahead of the Red Sox. So, yeah. <laughs> the, the Red Sox won the division in 20. Oh, that's the one, the division. They go back and forth to finishing last place to the division. Yes, that, was, that was an odd number. So they won the division. Well, in 2019, well, last year they finished last. Um, yeah, even they finished last. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, fourth? Third? Last place. Okay, last, last place. 75 wins and last place. Yeah, sounds so right. So we've been, we've been last place for a while. And that would be again this year, right? If we won if we won 75 games, we'd be in last place again this year. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So whether it's 75 or 54, or now we have a chance to win 56, I mean, we're going against Boston and against uh, Toronto. Both fighting for playoff spots. Than us, both playing for playoff spots. Uh, so my guess is that We'll be lucky if we get to that 54 number. Yeah. You know what's interesting, though? And that – Bus Joe always forgets to tweet this out. But the, the context well, here he, – He loves to hate the Orioles. Yeah. But if you look at the Orioles this year, I just found it. Yeah. Thanks for Bob Phelan for tweeting this out a couple of days ago. Oh, he's the best with stats. He said – I'm also, taking his word for it. He said against – I didn't against, know that. Learned that the, today. What's that? I learned today that he's a mailman. Oh, is he? Yeah. I didn't know that. So apparently if you deliver mail, you have a lot of downtime that you can just tweet minor league stuff. Well, this is, this is major league related. Um, the Orioles are 18 and 52, at least when this was tweeted out on the 24th. Yep. Orioles are 18 and 52 against AL East, 31 and 52 against everybody else. So all of a sudden, if you're 31 and 52, that's bad, but it's not. Buster only is not tweeting about you every week. Right. But 18 and 52 against the AL East. I mean, I mean, you don't like to talk about it, but this is the uneven schedule where you're playing the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, yeah. the Rays, the Yankees all the time. And these are all really good teams. And no other division has to do this because all other divisions have more than one bad team. Uh, they don't have four great teams like, like they do here in the AL East. So three, three out of the four in our division are going to go to the playoffs. And there's a good chance. Well, no, <laughs> only three can go. But yeah. there's four of them fighting for the division all, right now. Yeah, they're all all well over 500, all playing, fighting for that spot. Yeah. So it's like, um, yeah, it's it's they're all up there. I mean, I mean, they all could end with over na- not with 90 wins, right? Well over na- 90 wins, right? Uh, it's just wild. And and another thing to kind of support this argument, I mean, the reason our record's so bad this year, it's no secret, um, it's because of our pitching, right? Our pitching yeah. is really bad. Our pitching, our our team ERA this year, right? If you believe in ERA as a stat, 5.183. That's worst in baseball, 5.183. But again, if you go and look at it through, it's the reason that stat is the way it is, is because we play the AL East and they all have great offenses. So our ERA is 5.83, but against Boston, our ERA is 6.60. Against Tampa Bay, we have a we play Tampa Bay a lot. Our ERA against Tampa Bay is seven point six nine. We average giving up almost eight runs a game to the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. And you think that's a lot, but then you look at the Blue Jays, who our team ERA against the Blue Jays is eight point two one. We give up over eight runs a game when we pitch against the Blue Jays. So just so, like that, that's so that, what, yeah. Does that hurt? 
is that part of now it's, it's a chicken and egg situation. Is that why the Orioles are so bad? Or is that why all four of these teams are fighting for the postseason? Because they get to play the Orioles. Yeah, well, that's part of it. But the kind of unfair thing for them is they all face us the same number of times, right? You know so it's not like any team has a unique advantage in that. You're right. And they all have to face each other as well. So well and it's why they're facing each other more. It's why, I don't know, I think we're only like three games under 500 against the Yankees or four games under 500 against the Yankees this year, right. um, which is why if the Yankees don't make the playoffs, they'll have the Orioles to thank because everyone else kind of crushed us. The Yankees, for whatever reason, hasn't, haven't crushed us this year like the other teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. The MLB app confuses me with their standings. Yeah. Because they say that Toronto's elimination number is six, but they say Boston, New York, and Tampa don't have an elimination number. Okay. So if Toronto's elimination, I guess they're saying like, I guess every day that would go down by one. So Toronto, they're saying Toronto's got to win all six or they're eliminated. Yeah, I guess I so. Know. I'm confused because you would think if Toronto wins one and Boston loses, that there would be an elimination number for Boston. Yeah, I don't know. They, it was interesting. I think um, John Boy was talking about, he had a tweet about five, the scenario where there could be a five-way tie for the wild card. Okay, and, maybe, so that might be it. And, and Jeff Passan tweeted out a much more reasonable kind of three-team tie scenario uh, in the wild card. So it's, I mean, this is, and the Orioles are going to have a lot to say about this because you have all these teams, yeah. um, the A's, the Mariners, the Red Sox, the Yankees, um, the Blue Jays, all bunched there. And we play the Red Sox and then we play the Blue Jays. So we're going to have a lot to say. So right. I'm hoping to to sweep the Red Sox and, you know, let's see what happens against the Blue Jays. Yeah. And then just root for Seattle. So that, and yeah, against Give me New York on there. Yeah. and try to get uh, New York and Boston out of this mix. But you're right. It could very easily come down to the Yankees, Red Sox, and Blue Jays all tied for wildcard spots. Yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be a crazy last week of the season. Yeah. So let's hope for a 2011 replica, right, to end the season the on a high note, yeah. spoiling someone's playoff chances propelling us into a 2012 playoff yeah. run. Yeah, uh, buckle up too. Yeah, so that's what I'm rooting for. Um, hey. I got Monday Night Football on. Yeah. Prescott just fumbled the ball in the end zone and gave up a touchdown. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen anything like it. He came back, and the ball knocked it out of his hand, and the Eagles just grabbed it. Oh yikes! That's a whole weird division. That's a least. weird. That's a weird division of bad teams. Yeah, I never they all, know. They all, you never know about any of those teams. No, they all think they're getting better, and it's just bad teams. Hey, you know who I think's getting better every year, but then I don't know. Maybe he's tricking me. Who? Um, Austin Hayes. Austin Hayes is having a great year. I'm very happy with Austin Hayes' year. Yeah, if you look at Austin Hayes' stats, his splits. Um, at first, it's really interesting to look at. Like, over his career, he's by far played his most games in September. <laughs> like, yeah, 79 games he's played in September. Because he gets that September call-up. Compared to 41 in August, to 28 in July, 19 in June, 19 in May. And because he's always injured, too. And oh, he's, point, he's yeah. like, healthy by the time the season gets to the end. And then his numbers, again, show that he's a much better player in September. In September, throughout his career, he's batting 295, OBP of 342, 16 home runs, um, 
over 79 games in September. So he's always been, his entire career, a great player in September. The problem is he's never shown to, to be kind of a great player every month of the year, right. just a great September. But another good month of September for for Austin Hayes, making you think that maybe he's the answer in the outfield. Well, I don't know. I'm not convinced. Are I you guess, convinced that Austin Hayes is the answer in left field, Josh? I, I'm more convinced than I was to start the season. I don't, but it might be more of other people have disappointed me. Yeah. That I, I don't know. I'm still concerned about his injuries. He played 125 games this year, which is way better. Yep. Means he missed like 25 games, but, uh, or 35, something like that, which is way better. But that's yep. still concerning. You don't, you can't have a star player that misses a quarter of the season. Yep. Uh, but yeah, this is looking like by far. Um, the best year of his career, um, his baseball reference war number is 2.7, by far the best of his career. So, uh, so yeah, you have to be happy with, with the way Austin Hayes has played, especially late in the season. And there seems to be, you're right, there seems to be, uh, I mean, a lack of people stepping up to fulfill some of these holes. Like we talked about at the beginning of the season, um, this is a big year for DJ Stewart. Yeah. This is a big year for using LDS. This is a big year for Anthony Santander. All of them have underperformed this year. Austin Hayes, I don't know if Austin Hayes has overperformed, but at least he's performed well enough to make you feel like, okay, that's I got my center fielder. I got my left fielder. Uh, I don't know about the rest, but at least we got that going for us. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. And yeah, Cedric Mullins, I'll, I'm ready. I'm ready to keep him in. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, 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 I'm bought in that it that it wasn't a fluke in April. You don't want to trade him now. His stock's high. His stock will never be higher. Um, you get a nice return for Cedric Mullins right now. Do you think his stock will never be higher? That's the question. That's the question whenever anyone has a great year. Yeah. Is Will his stock be higher? Because this is his first year without switch hitting. What happens when he actually focuses on it more? I don't what, know. I tell you what. It was props to Cedric Mullins. Uh, this week he got you know his 30th home run. Yeah. After a little bit of shenanigans where he had 30 like two weeks ago where he hit the foul pole, but they didn't give it to him. Also, I don't know if this was – we didn't talk about this last – I think this was two weeks ago. Maybe we talked about it here. I don't remember. But he had one of the greatest catches I've ever seen in my life climbing the wall in center field. Yeah, that was this uh, past week, I believe. Yeah, I think that was two weeks ago. But Bird, I think, distracted us. But anyway, that was a great catch. If you look at the list, though, Josh, of 30-30 guys, 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases, yeah. the 30-30 club – since 2013, there's only been one, two, three, four, four other guys who've done it. Mike Trout, Jose Ramirez, Mookie Betts, Ronald Acuna, Acuna Jr., and Christian, Christian Yellick. That's it. That's yeah. the list. And now Cedric wow. Mullins is on that list. Cedric Mullins realize... is in some pretty elite company there. Yeah, I didn't realize at first how impressive it was because I thought, well, surely Brady Anderson did that in the 90s. And yeah. I look and it's like, no. He never got close to that. Yeah, he got. He had that one. He had the steroid year with 50 home runs, but he only got 21 stolen bases that year. Yeah, and he had years where he passed 30 stolen bases, but uh, never that high. Do you know? This is a stat that when I was looking at Brady Anderson's career, because I thought I thought, oh, everyone's mistaken. Brady Anderson did this in 1992. He got 21 home runs, but do you know how many stolen bases he got? Is this the most of his career? Yeah. 
Um, most of his career, he got 21 home runs. I would say he got uh, – did he get 40 stolen bases? He got 53 stolen bases. Uh, 53. I forgot that's, about that. Uh, that I, yeah. I, I remember the Orioles being fun that, there. But to have a guy get 53 stolen bases would be a lot of fun. You're talking yeah, almost every wild. game. That's, that's fun on the base paths. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, you think there's – I mean, you think there's 162 games. Some games you don't even get on base. So it's like almost right. every time you're on base, you got to be running. Yeah, yeah and cool. I mean, let's put it uh, 92. All right, he but got – I feel like – I mean, that's, that's kind of Ricky Henderson time too. I feel like there was yeah. this time where – even like Roberto Alomar, when he was here, I feel like stole a bunch of bases. I feel like there was a time. I just don't uh, yeah, think you, you steal as many bases right nowadays. I don't know what the stats are, but I feel like stolen bases you're aren't right. done I as bet, much. You're right. I bet it's the analytics. I bet it's the having the note card in your pocket about every batter, yeah. every base runner, and knowing all those stats. I think baseball is harder to play as the years go on, not because the game changes, but the prep for each player changes. Well, they were trying some stuff in the minor leagues this year where you could only throw over two or three times. And so there was a lot more stolen bases. Hmm. Josh just froze. It's probably me who's frozen, not Josh. I mean, if there's an inner problem, let's face it, it's probably here on my end. Should I refresh it or not? I want to play a game here with Josh called uh, guess Guess the Pitcher. Got some relievers on the Orioles team right now that I'm pretty sure Josh won't be able to won't be able to get. I'm here. You're uh, here? I don't know what my computer decided to like reboot something. I was reboot mm. before the podcast. Mm. That's a good idea. And now it's decided that my camera that I used has decided that it just doesn't want to play, so it kicked me off. Well it's frustrating doing a podcast with the co host who can't get his technology together. That's yeah, all I gotta I say. I know. We gotta get that straightened out. Yeah. So. I know. I'm glad. It makes me happy that I, that there's tech, technological problems and I'm not the cause. It always makes me happy. It's all good. So what, what's going on in the minors? No. Hey. Uh, no. Before we get to the minors, can we play a little game? Hey. Did you know? Hold on. Let me count. Josh. T- first of all, take t- t- take a guess, and then I, and then I want to play a game with you. Um. Uh. How many players do you think on our 40 man roster? How many players do you think are on the IL, either 10-day or 60-day DL? Um, more or less than the Raven players. Uh, I would think we keep – I'd say 20. <laughs> we, have, we have 11. 11, all right. So it's so, less than, it's less so than I, Our 40 man is like 49 players or something because every yeah. time you put someone on the 60-day DL, you can call someone else up. No, uh, I, know, I know it's been uh, – it also seems to be like it's been that type of year and a tough year. So it's like if something starts to act up, it's I'm done for the year. Yeah. Hey, so let's play a little quiz game here, Josh. All right. All right. Are you familiar with the 90s sitcom called Wings? <laughs> All right. Yes, I am familiar with Wings. All right. I'm going to drop yes, some names. It's got, it's got a monk in it. The, the guy who went on to do monk is the taxi driver. Yes, and yes. The, uh, the guy with blonde hair is uh, one of the pilots. Yes. So uh, I'm going to bring this game. I'm going to say a name. That's about as much as I remember of Wings. I'm going to say his name, and you got to tell me, was this a character? Like, is this name a character on Wings? Okay. Or is this an Orioles reliever? Oh, I've got this. This is an easy game. Is this a game going around on the internet? 
No, this is just a game I made up just right now. And you chose, you because, chose oh, Wings that used to be on the USA Network. Yeah, yeah, because okay. I was trying to think of an old show, and I was right, always I like, like Wings, so I go with Wings. I like this Wings, especially since any millennial has no clue what we're talking about. Yeah, now your Wings knowledge might be a little bit too good for this game. All right. I used to watch Wings a lot. I think it was on USA Today like every or USA Network every day or something. I remember a lot, watching a lot of Wings, uh, but at this point, I don't remember anything about it. All I'm right. all for bringing Wings back. Let's do a remake of Wings. All right. So this is – well, I'll, 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 I'm not just relievers. I'll do any Orioles players. All right. Which I think was just like a trying to copy Cheers but at an airport. Exactly. So, um, wings player or reliever, Joey Kreibel. Okay. Joey Kreibel? Yeah. Joey Kreibel. Joey Kreibel. That's a uh, – Joey Kreibel is from Wings. Incorrect. He is an Orioles reliever. Number 87. Picked him up from Tampa Bay. I don't know if I'm saying his name correctly. Kreibel. Kreibel. I don't know. Um, but he is an Orioles pitcher. I got one wrong. A bad way to start. Yeah. Bring it up. Let's go. Um, Bud Bronski. Bud, Bud is from Wings. I know Bud. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, here's another one. <laughs> Wings or Earl's reliever? Roy Biggins. Roy Biggins is also from Wings. <laughs> all right, here's another one. Uh, Oral, Wings or Earl's reliever? Brooks Krisky. That's an Orioles reliever. Yeah. Did you know that one? <laughs> I knew he wasn't from Wings. <laughs> all right, here's another one. Uh, Wings or uh, Orioles relievers? Um, Joey... I'm sorry, Eric Hanhold. I know Eric Hanhold. He is a Baltimore Oriole. I've seen I've seen him pitch in some games. All right, all right, all right. Uh, let me see. All right, here we got two more. Uh, right. Wings or Orioles uh, player? Um, Lowell Mather. Lowell Mather. Lowell Mather. Lowell Mather. He's from Wings. Yep. Uh, but he sounds one. like an Orioles pitcher. He sounds like a pitcher. Yeah, there's a little bit of uh, Zach Lothar going on there with him. Yeah, um, maybe that's what I was hitting with. I don't know how to say this guy's and name. And a little Lowell Melser. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, I don't know exactly how to say this guy's name, but let's go with Nick Siofo. <laughs> he's an Orioles pitcher. Well, yeah, he's actually Orioles catcher, but yeah. he's the, the third string catcher they brought up. All right. But they got some, like, I never, I saw Joey Kreibel in the other game the other night. It's like, Joey Kreibel, this is not, what is happening? And then I looked at the roster, Brooks Krisky, never heard of this guy either. Um, no, I, I like the, uh, I like the game. It's a, that's a good game, Wings or Oriole. Yeah. I like that. That's a little, uh, bringing a little Burt's game time back to 336. We'll have to do some more stuff like that. Yeah, but I mean, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, you have... Especially the pitchers. I mean, you have Keegan Aiken on the IL now. Yeah. Who joined Matt Harvey, Hunter Harvey, Travis Lakins Jr., Jorge Lopez, Tanner Scott, Tyler Wells was now added. Bruce Zimmerman should come off. He's still on there, but he should come off tomorrow, I yeah, believe. He's to pitch to tomorrow night. Um, but yeah, the list is kind of silly with all those pitchers on the it is. IL. And of course, position players, DJ Stewart's now on the 68 ADL, along with Jorge Mateo, along with Ramon Arias. And 68 ADL at this point. Could mean a week, right? They just want to give them right. off the 40 man so they could bring someone up. So they're going to have, you, you, you're going to see Josh this offseason, and we'll talk about it later, but a ton of, because right now our, our 40 men is something like 48 guys. Right. And they're going to have to clear that up before the uh, Rule 5 draft because they're, they're going to have some guys they want to save. They're going to have some guys they want to save, and presumably 
a Rule 5 guy or two that they want to also join the roster. So there's going to be a whole bunch of guys optioned to the minors who are going to have to clear waivers and stuff. So I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see. You're right. That's That's going to be interesting. How that works Um, out. Yeah. You see Michael Ice talking about Adley and Grayson Rodriguez and saying that they've proven themselves in the minors, that they'll both get big league camp invites. Yeah. And he didn't rule out the shot of them both making the major league team, which I think is partly what you got to say. But I think it's also <laughs> is Josh. Isn't this the same guy who said in 2019 uh, or 2020, if we're in a playoff run, you could yeah. see how the Rushman caught up in 2020. Isn't that the same guy? Yes, it is. Yeah. But I th- so that's where I feel like it's part of it is you got to say the right thing, but I also see it as um, also evaluating and saying maybe it, maybe we do want to roll this team next year if we if we make the right veteran moves, bring in some pitching. Maybe you do say, hey, uh, let's see what Grayson can do. Let's see what Adley can do. They've proven enough. So well, I think it's I think you're I think even Mike Elias is torn with the idea of bringing them up or making them wait more time in the minors. Yes, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think those guys. Adley and Grayson would be fine in the majors right now. Like you call them right now and they'd be fine. Right. Like, I I don't think they're going to, I don't think Adley Rutschman is going to get to the majors. I mean, Adley Rutschman has been super successful at every single level. Like you see it sometimes you've seen it with Gunnar Henderson. You've seen it with Jordan Westberg. Some of these young players, when they jump a level, they like don't play as well for a while and then they get it going. Yep. That's not the case with Adley Rutschman or Grayson Rodriguez. They jump a level and it's like they didn't even jump a level. They just, play to the same performance. Yeah. Um, and so I have no doubt that Grayson Rodriguez, like his stuff will play in the majors. There's no doubt in my mind. Right. It's, it's just wasting that year. Right. And, and I mean, we don't, and I, Michael Lass doesn't know what the new CBA will say. Like maybe the CBA will get rid of that anyway. Yep. And there'll be no read. And if that's the case, why wouldn't you have them there opening day? At least it definitely right. had a rush. Well, there's, uh, Grayson Rodriguez, yeah. you could argue maybe pitch lemon and stuff. There's reasons right. to keep him down a little bit, but whatever. But I think there's also the concept of bringing someone up to play on a loser, and you don't want to get in that, in that losing mentality. Right. And so, how many? But but see, at what at some point you got to call Adley Rushman up. Correct. Yes. Even if they lose 100 games next year. And that's right? and that's where I'm interested to see Michael Elias in the off season, because yeah. you need to prepare this team for Adley Rushman. It's not Adley Rushman and Grayson Rodriguez. Rodriguez fix everything on this team. You have to prepare this team so that when you add these two guys, it's a spark. Yeah. Hey, hey listen, you, you don't want to be the laughing stock again next year. No. Um, I, and, and you don't have to be because you're going to have some really talented players coming up. But as we've seen across baseball, you just see with Cedric Mullins, one really talented player makes very little difference. You need a bunch of talented players um, to yeah. really have an impact. And I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on the Orioles to not be the laughing stock next year. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, and I, 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 what I'm curious, I don't think Michael Ice cares that much about that. No. I'm, I'm curious if there's any might. pressure on ownership. Yeah, uh, ownership I don't know. would. I don't know. It was interesting, right? You mentioned, well, just one comment, one more comment, and then I want to talk about Brandon Hyde and Michael Elias, but one more comment about what excites me is, as far as Adley Rutschman and them, they said there's co-minor league players of the year this year, yeah. Adley Rutschman and Kyle Stowers, and the Jim Palmer 
pitcher of the year was Grayson Rodriguez. And what excites me about that is all of those guys, Rutschman and Stowers and Grayson Rodriguez, are close to the majors. This is not some guy in single A who we won't see in four years winning an award as the best minor league player in the system. These are two guys in AAA, and Grace Rodriguez, who's in AA and dominated in AA, um, who could all be up in the majors next year. Um, so it's ex- exciting to me that some of our best minor league prospects are now getting closer to actually being here. Yeah. No, it's exciting. And uh, the other thing from those awards is uh, Buck, Brit- uh, Buck Britton. Yep. And I think Buck Britton, for me, is starting to get as interesting to watch as the players. Not because he's this superstar, but how the Orioles use him working up in the system. They said manager hides back next year. But I think Buck Britton might have the opportunity for this team in the future. When they're looking for a young guy to take this team to the next level, why not a guy who's worked with all these young players that are now going to be your superstars? Yeah, and and I mean, from everything we've heard, Bowie has a great coaching staff. They've had nothing but success, right? And 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 and, and winning there. And Josh, I, I I thought it was weird. The Brandon Hyde thing. I don't. It's whatever. You want to bring him back, bring him back. But the the first of all, it irritates me. It irritates me this idea that I think fans think that he can lose 162 games, and you can just say, oh, he has no talent, so it's okay to right. lose 162 games, which I never really. I don't understand. I, like at some point you have to say that's too much losing, even on a really bad team. And, and I judge it based yeah. on what I mean. There's it's really hard to judge the effectiveness of a manager, right? Well, like how, I, I don't know. Devin, here's what I look at: it's not how many games you lose; it's how you lose. The fact that they lost this game this weekend, giving up eight runs in the ninth or whatever they did, something like that, five or eight or something, all in the ninth inning, that looks bad on the manager to me. I think it's it's those those moves that you haven't lost the clubhouse, and that's good. But is it because there's no one in the clubhouse that has earned their spot to stand up to you? Yeah, I mean, and and another thing I look at is, I mean, it seems like the players, I don't know, it seems like the players like him and are still playing for him, playing hard. But right, um, we were projected to win sixty. Three and a half games, according to Vegas. Yeah, you. And maybe I'm just bitter because I lost all this money. Maybe I'm just bitter about it. But I'm like, but that's that's kind of that, that's the expectation, right? And 63 is not a ton of games. Yeah. We're going to fall way short of that 63 mark. Yeah, um, yeah which is another be, sign. We could that, be 13 games under it. That's bad. Yeah, um, off of what was already a low benchmark. Yeah, uh, but the other weird thing about the contract was, and again, I'm fine to bring them back, um, but I also think it's fair to criticize them, but. It's interesting, right, that they decided last off season, and it was just came out now right. that he was well, under contract well, that was handled last off season. Well, that tells, me, that tells me two things. It tells me, one, the Orioles knew going into this season they weren't going to win. Oh, yeah, and, sure. And it tells me – and it also tells me that doesn't mean they're not going to replace him this off season. Just because your contract sure? goes a certain distance doesn't mean you're, you're safe. Yeah. Um, and, and I think a lot of it also has to do with what's happening in the background. How amenable is Brendan Hyde to all this voodoo that Mike Elias is about, whether it's the roster manipulation or whether it's the lineup construction. 
I mean, I assume he's and how he used the bullpen. I assume he has a ton of input from Mike Elias mm-hmm. and the analyst teams there. And I'm sure I don't. I would yeah. imagine Brandon Hyde is kind of a yes man as far as that goes. I, and I, I don't know. I know we. I know we. As much as we love Buck, we know there was always tension between him and Duquette. Yeah, he was not a yes man. He'll do his own yeah. thing. Yeah. So, um, Brent, manager Hyde is definitely a yes man. Yeah. The, but again, for me, it's keep an eye on Buck Britton. See if they promote him next year or if they keep him in Bowie. Yeah. See what they do with the minor league coaching staff because our major league coaching staff sucks. The bullpen coach sucks. The pitching coach sucks. The hitting coach sucks. They yeah. should all be replaced. Not well, and they are stand out. Yeah. And, and Chris Holt was, you know, is the new pitching coach this year. And, and right. you got to take some responsibility for that. Maybe put him back in the position he was before with just pitching development. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like the, the staff around Michael, I mean, around Brandon High gets mixed up every year. Right. Um, but Michael Elias remains constant. Yeah. And I don't know how you grade these people. Like I, like I review my employees or employees I manage and I have a little chart. I got to fill out every year about giving them grade ratings one through five on like 10 different topics. And then it all adds up to a score with whether they get a raise or not, basically. Uh, yeah. And then it, it's all notes so that when I meet with them and go over notes on here's how you can improve. I don't know how you can judge this staff of, and, and manager hired for that matter because you're judging them with the talent he has, but there's nothing. What do you lean on to say, hey, you did a great job here? Where has yeah. this team, where, the bright spots on this team are Cedric Mullins? Okay. Uh, John Means didn't get better. He kind of just continued what he was. Uh, Trey Mancini's a story on his own. That's got nothing to do with your coaching staff. What are the bright? What are some bright spots that you can look at and and congratulate the coaching staff? Yeah, and then and but how much? How much? The other side of that is how much control specifically does a manager have? in the improvement of an individual performance from year to year, right? Like, but that's, but that's the whole point of the coaching staff. Well, that's the staff around Brendan Hyde, which they mix up every year to, to very little. And that's what I'm saying. I, as far as manager Hyde, I think the number one role for the manager is team chemistry and keeping the locker room and keeping guys together and excited. I think you see that. That's why I love John Harbaugh over on the Ravens. I, because he is a player's coach. He has that team all together. It's one-on-one. He's, I love that. Because you're right. The manager doesn't make decisions. The manager isn't out there telling guys to adjust their batting stance or their pitch release. That's where he's got to rely on his coaching staff. And the coaching staff didn't excite me last year, doesn't excite me this year. I, I want to go back to before Michael Elias came, and we kept hearing about uh, Alan Mills and how all the pitchers love Alan Mills. And they never gave him that chance because they just revamped the whole system for Mike Elias. So I want to hear positive things about coaching staffs, and I haven't heard it about the Orioles. Right. Sure. That's, I think that's fair. But, and the other side of the argument, though, is like we just played a game called Re- Reliever or Wings sitcom character. Like – we're, we're dealing yeah, with a but, bunch of knuckleheads who have no major experience who, if we just want to look at the numbers, we got in the bullpen, 63, right 87, 86. Like this, this is where we are with our bullpen, 79. But uh, 
and like, a position player is not much better. Like Kevin, Kevin, Kelvin Gutierrez. I don't care who his hitting coach is and what kind of um, stance he has and where he puts his hand on the bat. That kid is not hitting like a major player for any yeah. team under any co- 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 coaching staff. So I know, but you can't judge it by talent. the guys. You can't judge it by the guys who are here just this week. You have to judge it on the players who have been with the Orioles the entire season. You got to go to the, some of the bullpen guys like Tanner Scott, Paul Fry. Um, other guys I'm blanking on and how they progressed over the season. Yeah. Also, can we just say, I don't understand how contracts work. Um, like I, I felt like in sports, a coach signs a contract and it's announced this coach has a three year, $10 million contract. Yeah. But it feels like that's not how it works. The Orioles, you find out if a guy was extended in the off season and like, what is manager Hyde under contract for well, one this year? Is managers, no, they're no teams are always quiet about managers. When how long's John Harbaugh's uh, contract? No, but they made a they big announcement um, two years ago about it, right? No, they made a huge announcement about his extension. About whose? John Harbaugh's extension. I don't think they did. Yes, it was a big story. I don't think they gave a number. They you did. Never, no, you never. Here's what. Here's the deal. You never tell the the a manager. You never announce when a manager's contract is up because you're afraid that affects the clubhouse. You always say your manager's here another year. You fire them a year before their contract's up because you don't want to hit September and the players say, "Oh, well, this guy's on his way out." So I'm. You never hear teams announce this this person's contract is up at the end of this year. You just don't hear it. How come I Google John Harbaugh contract and there's a bunch of articles about Jim Harbaugh's contract with Michigan? Because you don't hear it for professional teams. You know, here it goes. Ravens coach John Harbaugh signs a new four-year deal. When? 9 through 2022. Okay. My guess is uh, this is 2021. My guess is second half of the season, they're going to start asking John about a contract extension. And John's going to say, I'm not talking about that now, but the reporters are going to ask because they're always looking to not go into your final year of a contract for a coach. Right. Sure. Um, Cause you're kind of a lame duck then. What, what about Mike Elias? What's his contract? Uh, does GM have a contract? As far as I know, Mike Elias is working for free and has no contract. I mean, he gets paid, but I don't think does he? Have any How much Josh, years. how much does he get paid? Uh, $10 for every win. He's the highest paid new GM in the history of baseball. Okay. So what's but we don't know how much. What's he we get? don't know for how long. He could be he could have a hundred year contract. He could be done this year. No one knows. Isn't that a little bit weird? I don't know. I don't think this stuff's public. All right. I don't I'm gonna search another GM's contract. I don't think it's it's public. I mean I don't who is it? Jeff uh now? For the Cardinals, I don't think we know what his contract is. I Sigmaidel, I don't think we know what his contract is. We only know players because of the players' union. All right. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. We can, we can Google. We can go through and Google all these um, names and see if who has contracts re- uh, announced. So maybe it's normal. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Like, I don't remember knowing that Dan Duquette's contract was coming up or whatever. I don't remember that. 
Uh, right. That is a conversation. You never hear about when, when you hear about a team. I just Googled it. Uh, four year contract with Atlanta. So, I mean, it happens sometimes. That's just one I Googled, but. All right. But yeah, you never know. hear, like, um, you never hear, like, when they talk about the salaries of teams, the Orioles have a horrible salary, obviously. Yeah, but there was a nice tweet by Bustin Olney saying there are currently no active players under contract for next year. Yes. Zero. Right. Zero right. players under contract for next year. Yeah. Zero players. Yeah, I know. Um, Chris Davis, but he's he's not an active player. He's not, and he's retired. Yeah. There's yeah. So no, no, I don't know. But I was gonna say you, you may have no players next year. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> no players. That'd be funny. Uh, but you never hear about. They always talk about. Oh, the Orioles' salary is forty million or whatever, smallest in baseball. They don't take into account. And here's the Orioles. It's all about the Orioles' payroll, and all they count is the players. They don't count in that payroll the behind-the-scenes staff, the GM, the coaches, the analytics, the ticket takers. They don't take the entire business like you would a normal company. If you want to look at the payroll of uh, how much money GM pays or Apple pays, it's going to be every employee at that company. When a baseball team makes an announcement, it's only about the players on the field. Yeah, but I don't know, like, like I think a lot of people know how much our superintendent makes, even if they don't know how much the teachers make. And I think I think it's – and I know, like, that our, our superintendent is on a three-year contract. I think it's, it's normal to have people who run businesses, CEOs and stuff, to, to have some sort of, of contract length. And you're right. Maybe you never get to the last year of the deal. It's always extended, extended, extended. But you still know – what they're making and how much, how long they're extended for. But we have no even like ballpark range of how much Michael Elias's contract is worth or how long he's there for. But you're right. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe this is normal operating procedures. But I felt like that was not the case with Andrew Cat. I felt like that wasn't the case with Buck Showalter. I feel like this is a new thing, not revealing contract length or like, and how much does Brandon Hyde make? Um, I don't know. Too much, probably. <laughs> it's not what Brandon Hyde makes. Right. Now, I tried to pull up some announcements when Michael I started. And it's all about it. how he's got a big challenge ahead of him, but there isn't anything about a contract year or a price tag or anything. And even the Hyde was like, the Hyde was a non-disclosed contract extension. What is that? I mean, it is, it's, I think it's common. I don't know. Right. I, um... Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm interested to see Michael Elias. I mean, he started in 2018. I want to see what he's going to do. I think it took him five years. Assuming his contract is for does not run out at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Assuming his contract. I mean, I'm also annoyed that he is 38 years old. He's yeah, that makes him bitter. Yeah, I know he was born in '82, yeah. so that just annoys me. Yeah, it's but, uh, but it's also at the same time, it's like, come on, Mike, just come on uh, 336. We're your peers. We're your same age. Yeah, we, we can talk about wings together. Exactly. Exactly. We can we can set you up with your own game. Yeah, whatever we'll sitcoms we'll, you we'll like, pull, we can talk right. about that, yeah. Yeah, we'll pull out another another game from the, a show from the early 90s. We can talk Seinfeld. Absolutely. Exactly. All right. You ready to get out of here? Uh, did we cover everything? Andrew Hyde, 30 for 30, minor league awards. 
Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, that was, that took care. And wings, of course. And wings, yeah. Wings. Got to the believers. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is the last week of Warriors baseball, so we're playing some spoilers. Let, let, let's do some spoiler nonsense. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. I mean, yeah, I guess next year, next week, starts our episodes of looking forward to 2022. Yep. Yep. And yeah, we can talk all about, you're right. Off season, free agents, all that stuff starts next week. Mike Elias said, Grace Rodriguez and Adley Rutschman have a chance to make it out of spring training to make the open day roster. We'll talk about that every single week till we get our hopes up and then it won't happen. So that's going to be good. Uh huh. So. All right. All right. Let's get out of here. Nothing else going on. You can follow us on Facebook and go to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. You can hey, support I, us. Hey, you want a PlayStation yeah. update? I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to bring it up. You know, I wasn't going to either. But I just. I was just thinking. Do I need to update? Here's the update. Yeah. Because the update has to do with this week. All right. I told the guy. I, he told me Friday, Saturday, and Sunday it was coming. It never came. Right. I told him October first is the deadline. I'm done. October 1st, you're giving Ooh. me my money back Ooh. if I don't have the PlayStations. Ooh, so that is Friday night. So that means for the next episode, I will either have a stack of PlayStations here next to me or I will have my cash or back. A stack of cash. Or a stack of cash. Yep. So next week, big announcement. Okay. And if you get the cash back, you're going to put it because you, you, you know, you're going to lose out on some money because you didn't flip your PlayStation. So you're going to put all that money on, on the Ravens to beat the Broncos, and then you'll make all that money back that you're, that you're going to make anyway on the Broncos-Ravens game. Boom. Yeah, it's not bad. I don't know. Might might want to save some of it for the following week with the Colts. Oh yeah, I'd rather bet on the Colts. A home Colts game week. And, I, and the home, it's home. It's in yeah. Baltimore. That's the, that's where I'll put all my PlayStation money on. On the Ravens. yeah, do that. Yeah, that's a safer bet. So either way. All right. So that's exciting. Something's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen next episode. We'll yeah. we'll lead with the PlayStation update next week. We'll lead with it. Ah, uh, maybe. Okay, because I'm gonna be itching the whole time to know. I'll, 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 yeah, I'll let you know. I might have something better to announce right. next week, so we'll see. But it'll right. be a fun, fun episode next week. Make sure you tune in. Make sure you go on over to iTunes and give a nice review. We also got it next week. I don't know if we do it next week or two weeks. Got to go over our bold predictions. See how well we did. <laughs> oh, I forgot about those. I'm gonna have to bring those up. Yeah. Have you? You haven't looked at the bold predictions, have you? No, but I remember a couple of mine, and I'm uh, way off. I don't remember any of mine. I remember I just had one about the Orioles about so many pitchers with an ERA under three. No one any under three. Get out of here, Chris Ellis, maybe. But I don't know if he's pitching up innings to qualify. But yeah. But yeah, register on iTunes. Uh, yeah, give us five stars. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at Section Three Three Six Show. You can follow me on Twitter at Section Three Three Six. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Soroka. Thank you for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's and go Ravens.
fact or myth. In the big game, the coin toss usually comes up heads. That is a myth. In fact, tails has come up more often in recent years. Football is full of myths. Like the pigskin isn't actually made of pigskin. Gambling is a share of myths too. Unfortunately, believing gambling myths can cost you a lot of money. So learn what's myth and what's fact at keepitfunohio.com. You'll also find helpful tips, interesting quizzes, and great games all to help ensure gambling is always fun. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.